Welcome to Grad Chat by PhD Balance, where we talk about topics of grad school beyond academic research, and that might be a little bit more difficult to talk about in our day-to-day -day life. I'm your host, Neva, notes by Neva, she, her pronouns. I'm a science video host and producer, and I'm based in Ramaytosh Ohlone Land, aka San Francisco, California, which is where half of this episode will be recorded today. So please don't forget to subscribe to Grad Chat on your chosen platform to get notifications about our new episodes, and when you feel like it, please maybe leave us a review or a rating. So today we're going to be talking about filling your cup. And I'm really excited to welcome our guest, Sangeeta Nair. She also uses pronouns she, her. She recently graduated with her PhD in behavioral neuroscience and is currently enjoying her life as a small business owner. Today, she's here to chat about finding a community in grad school, working to fill your cup back up, and some of the disappointments and difficulties she's faced along the way. So I'm looking forward for, really real, for, for a very real conversation. <laughs> and I'm really pleased to have you on Grad Chat to chat about your experiences, Sangeeta. Thank you so much. Um, that was a wonderful introduction. Um, my background and history in uh, research has been working with the autism community and examining brain development in children on the autism spectrum, um, which led to my graduate work really looking at different types of neuroimaging modalities and how we can use them uh, together. So I, I loved what I did and mm -hmm. recently graduated. And I don't know, it's really nice to be done. And um, I think filling my cup back up is the topic of the day. Um, been able to do that for the past few months and, and I've been feeling really good today. So thank you for having me on. Grad Chat's been a big part of my journey actually getting to the finish line. So it's, awesome. it's a really great thing to be here today. Yeah, totally. I'm glad to hear that. You know, since I finished grad school, I've gotten so many questions about like, what's it like after you're done? And like, how how do you deal with the transition? And I think a lot of people right. really have a weird time with the transition of like, being out of grad school. So I'm excited to right. get into this. Um, so Absolutely. and kind of get every one of our listeners on the same page. Why don't you tell us sure. first, I guess, um, when exactly you graduated, how many months it's been at the time of this recording and what does it mean to fill your cup? Absolutely. Um, so I just defended my dissertation in November, which it's February now. And already I think it took a full month to kind of deprogram that feeling of like, I should be doing something. I should like, am I doing enough? And my husband would come home from work and be like, you, it hasn't even been a month. Like you've just finished. <laughs> um, so I think by February, I'm starting to feel more like myself, like colors seem brighter. Like um, academia can be a very dark place as we know, which is why we're here. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm a little nervous. I forgot the second part of your question. <laughs> all good, all good. I hit you with the two-parters. So that's totally sure, fair. Sure. Um, why don't we just define filling your cup for our audience? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think um, for me, it has a lot to do with understanding a true balance in your life. And filling your cup can look much like a healthy balance looks different for so many people in academia and outside of academia. I think filling your cup to me means what are the ways that you need to um, actively seek out and bring things into your life that help with that balance. So I, I do think that they're kind of tied, um, but that feeling of fulfillment from your life and that um, I think in academia, we're, there's kind of this assumption that that should all come from the, the four corners of your university and what that has to offer. Um, and that's not always the case. I, I do have experiences from my master's program where I felt very genuinely fulfilled by everything happening within my university in terms of what I was learning and my community, my lab environment, my cohort, like all of that created a really comprehensive and well-balanced environment for me to just like get excited and thrive. 
Um, and my PhD was a little different. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I definitely had trouble finding all of those things in one place. So I'm just kind of here to talk about looking outside of that box, maybe looking within your university, uh, exhausting options and kind of starting to search outside of what we what we talk about in academia as like your options for, for fulfillment. Yeah, um, that's, a, that... that's a really great point. I think a lot of people talk about, you know, finding a support network. And right. while support network, network is great, I think it usually refers to people. And, right. you know, as we know, some people do not always have that type of community, or they may not feel connected, or perhaps people right. just aren't what they need to fill their cup. So I like this, like, right. kind of analogy a lot better. Um, right. So why don't you, like, I guess, tell us about your experience? Like, what was your story like in grad school? And what did you do to, to fill your cup in grad school? Sure, absolutely. Um, well, as I mentioned, my master's program was just this like beautiful research intensive environment for me. I went to San Diego State. I'm in San Diego now, actually, so not that far from here. Um, and it was just a very, um, in terms of the coursework that, I mean, I was very new to neuroimaging as a field and I was just completely overwhelmed and enthralled by all of the strengths and weaknesses and the different modalities. It was just a very interesting world of, um, of techniques. And the more I learn, the more I realize we don't know that much. And there's always room for improvement with these methods. So I, um, I had a really wonderful lab that was scaffolded with um, faculty and a postdoc and a lot of graduate students across um, psychology, clinical uh, psychology, and um, computational neuroscience domains. So really like diverse group of people in one place. Um, and what I really like about my master's program, uh, a research intensive program, which was meant to be a non-terminal degree and have students prepare for a PhD program and kind of like fine tune their interests, um, which I recommend. It was a wonderful experience. Um, and I got paid, which is rare for a master's oh, program. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll take it, you know. Um, and so what I really like about that program is we had weekly seminars where we met with faculty panels to talk about what academia looks like, um, publish or perish, what kind of lifestyle a company is a traditional and um, you know life uh, career in academia, but also from different perspectives, from different faculty within the psych department. So I kind of felt like, unlike some of my colleagues and peers in my PhD program, that I actually was armed with the tools to vet programs. And I, I had many conversations and, um, and thoughts about how, what my exact needs are for a good lab, right? Like, I is mean, this I think- typical this, of a master's program? Not really. This program is a great master's program. Um, the research psychology program master's in San Diego State. Wonderful program. I, I haven't really seen or heard of another master's program quite like this one, but I felt very well prepared. Like that's not a thing. I think people typically have that information going into a PhD. There's definitely like an information gap between yeah. <laughs> undergrad and a PhD. Was that something that you like looked for when you were looking at master's programs? Like how well specific, like specifically how well they prepared you for like things after the program ended? Not entirely. Like this whole seminar series was sort of a surprise to me. And a lot of students did groan about it because it was every week, but it was a nice opportunity to, to get us all together in one place. What I was looking for was a non-terminal master's degree. And I think when we look at um, master's degree for psych, um, we normally see like social work and family therapy. So research intensive master's programs, I think were a little bit uh, harder to come by. Um, 
And I, I'm, I was in California uh, for undergraduate at UC Santa Cruz. So I live in California and it made sense to look at California schools as well. Um, <clears throat> but I think it was a wonderful opportunity to learn um, and, and to be like, think about any other time in your life where you've had like four faculty members take time out of their day and you just get to ask them whatever you want. I was like 22 years old. You know what I mean? It was a very... Yeah. Anyone who's had to like schedule like dissertation committee or like committee anything knows like right, what right, pain right. that is to like try and get. So I'm exactly. so excited that like this master's program gave all this to you because it sounds like they really knew what it took to be able to prepare someone for that next step and right. like the different facets of whether they want to be in academia or outside. So yeah. Right. And actually like, I, I don't know what percentage of students didn't go on to a PhD, but there were a fair amount of students from my program that didn't go on to a PhD. And I actually think that's a good sign. Like that yeah. actually means the program is showing you what it's like and preparing you for that lifestyle. And you're opting out, which is better to do before you go. I mean, you know, you're saving time mm -hmm. um, with that knowledge before you go in. Um, but I think that also made like the come down a little bit harder when I was plopped into a program that really wasn't in a lab that really wasn't speaking to my interests and really wasn't speaking to what I came for. Um, and uh, it made it a little bit more difficult. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I, I do have very good things to say about um, about my master's program and, and kind of like what, what sort of lessons I learned there about keeping a cup full, for example, um, since that's what we're kind of chatting about today. And between just like the lab environment that was filled with journal clubs and seminars and learning from other people. And I would take classes at UCSD. So I'd like drive on over and like learn from people who, you know, wrote software for what I do. Wow. And so like actually was, being able to experience like what you're learning in class. Exactly, exactly. It was very, 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 um, just a rich environment to, to be in. How did um, this translate to like when you actually went to your PhD, like how you found resources and stuff? Because I imagine like in your PhD, you had a bit of a different experience, right? As you mentioned before. Right. I think it was like, I mean, I, I definitely recommend a master's for people who are curious about a PhD, um, because I think that there's a lot of information there. You get to fine tune your work, um, publish <laughs> before you even get into a PhD, which is great. Um, but I think uh, in terms of the, the experience itself, I think I was a little more sensitive to like busy work and grad classes and coursework. Like I feel very strongly that we're all graduate students are not undergrads. Okay. We know this, right? <laughs> um, we, we want to be there. We want to learn. We're excited to be in this environment and further our knowledge on our little tiny thing that we're you know spending all this time on. So like hundred question multiple choice tests like discussion posts three times a week. wow no, you kidding. had that <laughs> yeah uh, that class got gross <laughs> I can't um, I can't I don't I gotta say my grad school never made me go through that but I would I would be so bored I would have such a hard time terrible it, I felt kind of disrespected in a way like I was coming from a place where your knowledge was respected and you know I was in classes with like med students at UCSD from like San Diego State which is like not as like there's a uh, not as good like as rivalry or I think it's just like oh San Diego State like oh. <laughs> UC, UCSD is a wonderful school and 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 San Diego State's a bit of a party school for undergrad um, <laughs> so it has a bit of a reputation grad school's different but it's got a reputation um <laughs> and it's so hot you know yeah uh, right on the beach too beautiful 
exactly. Um, so I think, you know, coming from a really wonderful experience and I think very well-rounded to an environment that felt a little bit more like, look, we have coursework. <laughs> you don't really, and, and I think co coursework is kind of controversial among graduate students as well. People, sometimes there's like camps of people who believe like coursework's not even relevant in graduate education. And I kind of feel like there's always more to learn and, and seminar classes at the grad level can be really engaging and fun. I love learning from others, which I think is kind of going to be a theme coming back up through this talk is um, yeah. community and um, and furthering what we know through conversation. Like you can only learn so much in a vacuum. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, can you describe, I guess, like the structure of your grad program? Because around the world, there's so many different absolutely. programs. And I guess like how you filling your cup um, kind of matched each of those structures or, you know, filled in something that maybe the structure didn't provide for you? Absolutely. Um, so I was in the psychology department and there's three uh, clinical, behavioral, neuroscience, and developmental. And we kind of come in with a cohort. One of my best experiences um, at UAB, uh, I was in Birmingham, Alabama for graduate school. Um, so we're both both Southern, live in California to the South <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I did undergrad in California and then moved over to the South and then came yeah, back yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard to beat the weather too, you know. Oh, um, <laughs> but uh it, it was um, probably a cohort of about nine people or so my year. One of the best experiences I had in my program was within the first, um, the end of summer, actually, in our first year, we went down to an island on the coast of Alabama, and it's a very small marine biology research-based island. And we did, um, we were there with our whole cohort and another neuroscience cohort from the biomedical sciences. And we just did a bunch of science and um, a lot of like electrophysiology. And I mean, it was, it was like nerd camp for like 20 year olds, like, you know, 25 plus. Yeah. Um, we got to meet our whole cohort and just start rooming with them. It was very real world PhD. Like, <laughs> um, but it was a lot of like learning from others, being challenged by coursework. Um, we were on the beach, it was beautiful. Um, and going back, we basically had a set amount of coursework that was required. And I think my master's program accounted for some of those courses um, and uh, typically runs around five to six year PhD. Um, and I'm trying to think of, and, and you have lab rotations, uh, so you can rotate through about three or four labs in your first year. How many um, years typically does coursework last? Is it like all the time or? Um, I would say, sorry, um, I would say about uh, three years or so, um, two or three years, I, I did a lot of coursework. Um, so I don't know, wow. uh, typically, um, and that was kind of part of filling my cup is like looking for, I mean, I guess I'm jumping ahead, but looking for like certificates and teaching and leadership and mentorship. And just like, that was something that kept me going um, instead of just going into an empty lab all day. Yeah, um, no, you're not jumping ahead. The, the next thing is going to be like, I guess, like, how exactly did you fill your cup? Yeah, so um, I was, I think what was really challenging for me was feeling really well informed about what academia looks like. Having this, um, I think, very, like, accurate representation of a woman in academia in my mind as, as a goal for myself. Um, and uh, being really excited to learn. Like I think coming off of my master's program, how I felt about neuroimaging as a whole was like, I have so much to learn and I'm excited to dedicate my life to this work. Um, 
And then once I ended up in my lab, it was a little bit, I felt a little bit like they were really happy to have me there to continue doing what I was doing in my master's program and my master's lab. And what I really wanted to do was push harder and do more complicated kind of research that integrates different types of imaging modalities. And I felt like I could graduate by doing the same thing for five years. And that was like a really upsetting thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, right? Like we're not there for that kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, um, maybe it's some people's cup of tea, but it clearly didn't fit like what your goals were and what you were looking for out of a PhD. Absolutely. Program. Absolutely. I think, um, absolutely. I think that's very well said. I was really excited. I had a very specific idea of what I wanted to be doing research wise. Um, and also lab dynamics didn't really fit for me personally. We had a lot of clinical students, which was great. There were wonderful people, but they weren't really there all the time. It just felt a little bit um, not what I was expecting. And at this time I was really, I mean, I was struggling with those hundred question, multiple choice tests <laughs> and studying for those really- Yeah, really all the busy work as you put it. Yeah, it kind of sucks the life out of the room. I think it's a sure way to um, to kind of uh, affect somebody's motivation is to give them a lot of busy work. Um, it doesn't feel like your time is valued. And I think that really puts the brakes on wanting to, to push things further. Um, I don't know if that makes sense at all. Yeah, no, that um, makes sense. You know, you, you're there to, <laughs> to do this thing that you're really excited to do. And instead of getting to, to do the what thing you want to do, you're spending all this time doing multiple choice questions right. and like, Oof. you know, that's not a really, that's been shown to not be a great way of assessing someone's understanding, right. like, you know, like writing essays, researching, things like that, like short form right. questions, those types of things better show a student's Absolutely. answers anyway. Um, Absolutely. We know this from the research, right? Yeah. I don't know. There's some perks in terms of like, it's easier to grade and stuff, but like at the grad school right. level, your classes aren't like 500 people. So like, hopefully right. it's not some huge right. burden the way it would be if you were like at a bio 101 intro class right. or something like that right right and as a former ta like thank goodness for multiple choice you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> they exist for a reason you know um, we love feeding uh, the scantrons in when there's oh, 500 yeah. of them <laughs> exactly exactly time savers are important um uh but I was really struggling because I, I'd actually just bumped into a cute guy in my building um, and I was falling in love with the city of Birmingham, which was really surprising to me. Um, it's not now because Birmingham's awesome and everyone should go visit <laughs> if you're close by. Um, but it's it was just such a wonderful place to be. Um, just it was so green and um, the community feel is just so tight knit and strong there. There's a lot of history. Like I was just falling in love as I was really feeling the disappointment and lack of motivation set in, in my first year. Um, I was simultaneously like falling in love with this wonderful person and this wonderful place. And it was, I really did wonder, should I go home and apply again and be just really burnt out <laughs> at some point? Um, or should I kind of like do what I can in within this system to try to make it work for me. Um, and I chose option two. <laughs> I don't know how I'm here today um, because it's been a really long and not great journey. Um, it's just been hard. And I think a lot of people who are in programs, especially during the, the panoramic, we, uh, we know that it can be really challenging to find motivation and support um, even more so in the past two years or so. Um, but yeah, that was kind of a difficult kind of crossroads for me. Um, and I decided to sort of just try to make it work. Um, so I ended up switching labs. 
um, actually getting a grant to study my dream project, which not a lot of people get to say. Um, Congrats. That's huge. Thank you. It was, it was great. Um, it was very, very challenging. It was almost like, you know, I said I could keep doing the thing I, I knew how to do for my master's program, or <laughs> I can do this really challenging thing that I don't have a background in. And the people that I worked with had limited knowledge in and, and do it and figure it out. Yeah. Um, which, so how you did know, you, I guess, start like finding community in grad school? Was the new lab like a source of this? Did you look in the city of Birmingham as well, like you mentioned? Absolutely. Absolutely. So first the lab was definitely like not as many people in the lab, but my PI was very supportive. I really liked the kinds of um, ideas he had about his mentorship style. Um, one of the first things he said to me was like, there isn't, um, you know, what, whatever you go on to do after you graduate is not really my business or prerogative to push you in any direction. My job is to set you up for that time. Um, wow. And and I know he's an MD PhD, so he's in the clinic a lot um, and does a lot of research on the side. I mean, not even on the side; it's a primary primary <laughs> research lab, but he's very busy. Um, and I think he very much understands that not everybody wants whatever academia is trying to cookie cutter us to be. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, and, there's there's different paths, and you know he's invested in like make giving you the best skills and knowledge and the time that you have there, and you'll figure out how to apply them. I think a lot of people put too much emphasis on like the title of a job or like what the job right. is rather than like who you are as a person and like what you know overall, which can translate right. with you like from job to do job. And we see so many people right. making like huge sector jumps and like you know right. people who've been in engineering their whole life and suddenly they're like I want to be a doctor or people who are like in art their whole life and then they're suddenly like I'm going to be a professor and that's totally right. normal um right. thinking as a person is like their experiences and their understanding I think is much more wholesome and a better way of looking at your experiences than just like what is the title that my job will have right right <laughs> I think that's so important like I think when we think when we talk about like sustainability in our own lives like I think happiness and fulfillment is part of that equation like I don't think we can keep burning the candle at every end and then say that we're happy I don't know I mean some people can yeah. but I have trouble with that um, I mean inevitably it's going to come out in other ways you know like maybe you can burn right. the candle at every end but maybe you'll be tired all the time and the stress will show and then later in life right. you'll have you know ailments that come with a body that's been under a lot of right. stress for a long time and like that's right. just that's just the fact and if you're right. willing to make that well trade off for you but I want, right. a, I want a nice long sustainable little <laughs> turtle chill happy life <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly exactly and I think that's a really great way of saying it of like it's going to manifest somehow and yeah. we are making a trade-off with everything we do I think in and out of academia in and out of you know our our work life um we're making trade-offs um and I think uh you know it was difficult because being able to switch labs and you know kind of end up in this amazing opportunity with, like I said, kind of my dream project. Um, there was definitely feelings within the next year and a half or two years where every time I maybe identify a thing that was missing from my environment and missing in my cup, um, 
I would be like, but I'm just so grateful to be here. I'm so lucky to have been able to switch. I'm so lucky to have had that. Oh, like being, feeling glad that you're there at all. And they're exactly. like entitled to have a little bit more. Any thoughts yeah. about, yeah. Yeah. And so I guess like going back to this thought of like, just how you filled your cup in grad school. So you switched labs, you'd gotten a grant um, and you were looking at community in the city and stuff. Right. How did you start like identifying these things? How did you start looking at places like this? Absolutely. At first, it was a lot of looking within the university. Um, I I looked at things that I could be a part of, like graduate student government and um, uh, oh, cool. like I did government too. You did it. I yeah, did it for it just a little bit, <laughs> just a little <laughs> bit. But I just kept trying new things, you know, and branching out and meeting people within the community, within UAB, within my university. And um, were you mostly uh, like, like looking online and stuff? Um, I'm sure our audience is curious, like if they're listening, you know, how exactly do I implement this into my life? Because every university is different. Absolutely. I think that um, the graduate student government GSG at, at University of Alabama Birmingham has a lot of resources, and I will say it's all student led. And they provide so much for graduate students and they have in the pandemic too, um, like movie nights and um, social activities, but also like professional headshots for free and things like that. So that's all graduate student led and they have so many opportunities. Um, that's something that I will say is wonderful about the school. Um, and there are so many opportunities for undergraduates as well and for graduate students to get involved with undergraduates. So like teaching or mentoring one-on-one, -on -one, um, things like that. Um, and I think if anybody's interested in, in creating and implementing some of those things, I'm pretty sure a lot of that information is on online and publicly yeah. um, through GSG. Um, and they just really done, have done a great job. And I think because a lot of them are students, then you're operating from a place of what do we need right now and how can we share that if we if we have a need maybe others do too um yeah phd bounce also our website if you visit it has a ton of resources and things like that as well so i highly encourage everyone to check yeah. that out if you're curious about stuff and definitely follow sangeetha's advice of just like trying a little bit of everything because I think a lot of um, if there's a tendency to like try one thing and then maybe it doesn't quite fit or the day you went there doesn't quite fit and then you get discouraged and decide maybe this isn't for you after all right. and that's um, you know people have off days groups might not always be the same things change so right. really just trying to like make it more of an effort and not see it as like I will find the thing and then it will be done the end right. just right. like just try something new each week <laughs> and then eventually something will fit and you'll be like all right that's what it is right in my mind and just to kind of build off of that, in my mind, it was a little bit like the stars would not align in the way that they should if I was able to be picked up from my ideal academic environment and dropped into a PhD program across the country. Like, it makes sense to me looking back that not everything lined up. Like, I was gifted a wonderful experience that was very fulfilling for me. And in that, I think I know a little bit more of what I need, what to look for. Um, maybe how to look for some of those things. I felt a little armed with more armed with tools and then being able to just like be picked up and dropped somewhere else. Like what are the odds everything would line up? You know, in my mind, if I was truly unhappy, um, I was lucky to be in a place where there were opportunities to kind of go a little bit outside of just my lab and just my program. Yeah. Um, I was actually, able to. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. 
no, 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 you're fine. <laughs> um, that's actually a perfect segue because I was going to ask, um, just to get into a little bit more of the nitty gritty and real, did you ever try ways to like fill your cup that didn't work out for you? And like, how did you know that that wasn't quite the right like fit for you? Absolutely. Um, I was actually able to help organize some of the journal clubs for neuroimaging at our university, um, which I say journal club, and we all know what that means, but they're really a seminar series. So there wasn't a lot of um, reading a, an article before and discussing it together. That wasn't really our journal club. And that's something that I really missed is I missed feeling like I could ask questions and sound a little stupid, a little silly when I'm in a group with other peers and we can all be a little vulnerable and learn together. So I, that, I helped organize the journal club for I think about two years. Um, and that was something that you don't always get exactly what you put in because it's how that group um, operates has so much to do with who's there and who wants to do that type of work and what we can implement. Um, so I'll use that as an example of something that, you know, kept me going, kept me thinking creatively. I think once I distributed a podcast by Oliver Sacks and we all talked about it and it was so cool. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, it was just a lot of fun. It was like easy for people to listen to. So they did the work. We came in and we had a conversation um, and it was great. I, um, there were things that really worked and then there were things that um, didn't always really work. And I think after a while, burnout is a thing, right? We, this is something that we talk about a lot on this channel, right? Is um, burnout is a thing, especially in academia. And I think eventually just trying and trying to put feelers out exactly like you said I totally agree I think everybody should just go out if they're looking to fill their cup up and find things and try things and if it doesn't work it doesn't work for you like you said that could be an individual day or the group there's so many reasons or it just might not be a thing that you're interested in and isn't that great that now you know um yeah, and I think sometimes it's really like energy intensive to like put yourself out there and I can, you know, I can totally empathize that like it does get really tiring and you see the same problem with like adult friendships or people who are like moving to a new city they're like, oh my God, like I just went there and I did so much and now I'm so tired and it's just really right. demotivating. So I really encourage people to think about these kinds of things as like items that repeatedly come up in a weekly checklist rather than like I do it once and I'm done. So that way it's more of right. like a I've done one thing this week. I have like tried this right. thing. Maybe it didn't work. Maybe it did, whatever, but that's right. fine. That is all the energy I'm going to give it this week. Save that energy again. Exactly. I think that's a really, really great and very like, um, very specific way of thinking about it. And I very yeah. much operate from like, what are the things I need to cross off this week? You know, Ditto. Um, we all love like a good checklist or like a nice little protocol that like clearly oh. outlines like oh. materials and methods. I'm, section. I'm a notion girl myself. <laughs> 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 don't, don't even look at my notion pages. <laughs> oh my gosh. We'll, we'll have to talk notion after this because I've recently <laughs> gotten very into notion. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a black hole of just happiness. It's a great place yeah. <laughs> um, and creativity. Um, so yeah, I think that, you know, something that I really liked about the journal clubs was like the freedom to think creatively and outside of the box and see how, you know, students and faculty kind of received that. Mm -hmm. um, and then eventually, I think it was tiring. And so, I don't know, I think there was a lot of effort within the first couple of years to fill that cup within the university. There were a lot of opportunities and I tried almost all of, like a lot of opportunities. Um, and I think at the end, still feeling a little bit uh, burnt out already. Um, 
And meanwhile, like kind of in the side in the background, I would come home from a long day of work and start making jewelry. I've made jewelry since I was uh, in undergrad, kind of on and off. Um, I like keeping my hands busy. I, I've always loved jewelry um, since I was a kid. I, I don't know if it's similar for you, but uh, as an Asian Indian, yeah, 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 I'm yeah. surrounded by it. Like I oh, have yeah. gifts. As a we child, love like right? good accessories, shiny things. Yeah. <laughs> the lizard brain in me is like, oh yes, absolutely. I know, yeah. Um, <laughs> me too. Since I was a kid, um, yeah, as far as far back as I can remember. Um, and so, in my master's program, I remember I was just like, I'm never making jewelry again. I'm so busy. I'm this academic person <laughs> now. And I mean, I was so young, you know, looking back, like such a baby. And um, I would even like give away jewelry when people would come to my house and I'm like, oh, you can just take it. I'm like never selling jewelry again. <laughs> so, uh, um, and uh, in Birmingham, you know, feeling the weight of busy work, feeling the weight of burnout and a lack of motivation. So much of what I um, started doing when I came home was just kind of like tinkering, building, having fun, um, making some things again, very intuitively. And then you know, walking into a store, talking to the shop owner, asking if they'll take a local brand anytime, kind of mm -hmm. getting started that way. And while I was still trying to fill my cup within the university, I was accepted to the local farmer's market. I was accepted to like music wow. festivals and it was so cool. That like, is awesome. Can you give us like a timeline of this? So like first year you're hit with like all these courses and like so much busy work. What year did you switch labs? What year did you get the grant? What year did you like start the, the business? Absolutely. Um, 2016, I entered the program. So August for that summer camp. And um, by, I think by April or so, um, we got a dog, I switched labs. <laughs> um, and I think by October, I had my first check, October of 2017, I had my first check from the, from the store. Wow. Um, so 2017 was kind of like a big year of change. And I think just exploration for me, um, especially settling into a really nurturing relationship with somebody who's also in graduate school, um, finding support there. And I think we both met at a time that we were both pretty burnt out. It was a very dark time for both of us personally within our work environments and finding each other was like a little light in all of that. So that was kind of what was brewing 2017, just like building a little family with a little dog and cat and uh, you know, the store being able to offer opportunities. And I think eventually I kind of think about it as like a water balloon that was just like building and building and building. There was all this pressure for the first year and a half to two years of just like, how am I going to find this community? I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to build it. <laughs> it's not working um, yeah. in the way that I needed. And I think I just kept coming to the crossroads of like, I can either leave or continue. And if I continue, I don't want to continue this way. So there was a lot of just like movement and flux almost constantly. Um, taking courses like outside of my department because I was just like, what's what's out there? Um, yeah. What was it was like being great. like a small business owner during grad school? I imagine like, especially as things picked up, like going to farmers markets, music festivals, like uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes of like, having to come and set up your stall and put everything in like a nice display and like no <laughs> one's like pickpocketing anything. So yeah, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great question because the way that I like to describe it is um, 
if you know being in academia we know not to rely on positive reinforcement right like our best days are yeah <laughs> <laughs> right like that's just if you're, if you're I, waiting... I, I kind of like almost hate that part to be honest of right. academia because like you know there's this weird culture of like give a talk and then everyone goes and criticizes you rather than being like oh i enjoyed the way you set up this part like that's cool right. You know, I I don't know. I feel like it's right. It's this weird, like, artifact of it being this, like, white old male dominated place where, like, (laughs) I know if it was set up in, like, I don't know, a more like BIPOC type way or like by BIPOC people or like by women or non binary people, it would be so much more supportive and they wouldn't just be like, sink or swim, good luck. We're not going to help you learn how to do this. So well said. And I find that when I interact with people, um, uh, women and people of color as well, it's just like that support feels a little bit different. Oh yeah, um, sure. <laughs> uh, but I do have to say, I've worked for two uh, German and Polish uh, uh, PIs, um, men, and their sense of humor was great. It was a wonderful time. <laughs> uh, yeah, my grad school uh, PI was actually an old white dude and he was like, so, <laughs> so, so supportive. But I think, and so is my therapist. He's like a, also a male right. white person, but like right, right. both of these people have taken so much time out of their lives to learn to, about other cultures and learn right. about other places and travel and like- And unlearn too, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And like, you really see the difference in people who just kind of stay entrenched in their views versus people who are like, you know, making Doing the effort work. of like trying yeah. to learn, unlearn, and maybe just like accept people for who they are. Like when I asked for Diwali off, you know, he was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, no eyes <laughs> Not off, even no a eyes question. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And yeah. I feel like I maybe would not have gotten that same level of support from other types of old white dude PIs. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that it feels really nice to feel supported in that way. And also encouraging to know that there are people doing that work at any age range. Like I think for me, I have a bias towards like young people are so progressive (laughs) and you know, like we have our biases. (laughs) I got a lot of them challenged when I moved to Birmingham, you know, (laughs) Um, but I think um, operating in that space was um, so like, we know that there's very, very little to no positive reinforcement in graduate school, but being able to set up a booth and I mean, consider that all I really wanted was community. And what I received back were people coming, ooing and eyeing. like sometimes people just gasp and I'm just like, that made my day. Like, <laughs> that's all I needed. I can go home um, and just compliment. Like, I mean, running a small business is challenging. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of imposter syndrome. Um, I'm there's a like a TikTok that's going around that's like I didn't want to work a nine to five so instead mm-hmm. I'm working all the time um, <laughs> yeah I see that with like content creators or small business owners like all the time like people really glamorize the influencer life and I'm like you're constantly thinking about content anytime you're with your friends you're like is this a moment that I should be recording and like it's posting? happening to me now too and I'm like I like living in the moment and my husband's mm-hmm. very private he's not on social media and I like taking tips from his book sometimes but but finding a way to balance like the small business lifestyle and and a bit of privacy it's that's something I'm working on currently but in terms of what it provided me in graduate school just so much love and support from my community and I think that's what I had been missing for so long um so yeah that's my big joke is like (laughs) positive reinforcement every weekend that I was there was just in full um it, it feels like, uh, you know, part of kind of talking about ideas to me and complicated 
research-based things to me sometimes is a very creative process. Um, I think so much of science is creative and you've shown that through the work that you do as well. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You really have. It's a beautiful thing um, to watch kind of the merging of science and creativity in unique and new ways. Um, Because we, I definitely have always thought about like, it wasn't until probably like 2019 that I started saying, I'm creative. Like I would always say, no, 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 I'm a scientist. Like, Oh my you know, gosh. And- <laughs> I still like to struggle with that every day. I like, because like your neural pathways get reinforced when you think or write something, I will like write down the words, like I am creative just because I like <laughs> want to believe it. And it's like still a hard yeah. thing for me to be like, of course I am. Um, right. Especially when like, I don't know, it's so like pushed out of you it's like oh you're either creative exactly. or you're analytical you cannot both from exist before, like, from before grad school even like these are things that we teach children you know what oh, I mean yeah, for sure um, for sure um it's, it's terrible yeah um as we wrap things up I'm curious do you have like any advice for people who are looking to find a community or fill their cup like maybe like three okay. actionable steps that they could take if they were listening to this absolutely I think one is look within your university look towards your graduate student body um, ask other, like go across disciplines, like go to other departments. Yeah. Please, please don't just ask people in your PhD program. Exactly. Exactly. Get out, like find other things. The more diverse experiences you have, the more you have to kind of follow a garden path down, um, and try an opportunity. Um, and I think my second point is just like taking that and blowing it up further outwards look outside of your university. I mean, I I was involved before, right before the pandemic started with um, our local radio station and being a a junior board member of the radio station. So helping organize events with them and get involved with people in the community, like look outside. You don't have to start a small business or you can. (laughs) Um, And I think the third thing is, you know, going back to the people. I think my first two points are more about like trying to find what definitely taking time to think about what gaps you might have and where your cup is empty um, and in what ways they're going to be different for everybody. Um, I know what mine were. (laughs) Um, And I think the last point is people really, really finding people. If you don't have, you know, support within your cohort, which I think is kind of hit or miss depending on who comes in and how you click and what opportunities you have. um, I think you know, I think taking courses outside of your department or getting involved with things that are like graduate student government has multiple different types of people in it. Um, So I think just just keep trying opportunities. Um, And if you are getting burnt out, listen to your body, take time to sleep and nurture yourself. I love reading comics. Go read a comic at the park. Don't read a comic. I don't know. What's your thing? You know, (laughs) just lean into like what really makes you happy. And I don't think that we're encouraged enough to do that in academia um, at all, really. I think it's actually shamed um, to to say that you need something else other than what's being provided. Um, So I just encourage people to, to keep keep looking reach out to me anytime yeah, <laughs> um sure. I'm everyone her links are going to be all like in the description they're going to be included everywhere um so please feel free to hop on those as well um sorry you were just about to drop your Insta- instagram handle oh that's fine um i'm ember and onyx ember like fire and is spelled out um onyx like the stone and i love chatting with people like i say um i've said this all the time i love community Um, And I love just having conversations with everybody that slides into my DMs and I'm here to support you. Uh, And if, you know, that's what I love to do is um, support people through their journeys. Uh, It's, it's, it's something that I needed, you know, so I think that's kind of a lot of us 
um, much like the, the video and interviews that you've done, like a lot of what we <laughs> produce has to do with what we wish we had. Um, so if I can be that to anybody and if any part of my journey helps folks find a way through um, a very dark time, that's, that would make me happy. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming here and for chatting about your experience. Um, everyone, this has been Grad Chat by PhD Balance. Our episodes are now posted simultaneously on our podcast and on our YouTube channel on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern time. To find our podcast episodes, you can just search us up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to them. You can connect with PhD Balance on our website at phdbalance.com or on social media on Twitter and Instagram at phd underscore balance. So until next time, I will see you all on the next page. Thank you.